Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What? Comics and Pop Culture Podcast, coming to you from the not-so-solitary fortress that is WaitWhatPodcast.com. Welcome to our last episode of February. In it, Graham McMillan and I talk about the updating of Comixology by Amazon and how much it changes the game for digital comics reading, the controversy, and the actual story behind the controversy of the new limited edition printing of JLA Avengers, the finale of Peacemaker, the first volume of the Savage She-Hulk Marvel Masterworks, and much, much more in this 2.25-hour episode. We welcome your comments at waitwhatpodcast.com, your questions at waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com, and we invite you to look out for us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Patreon. As always, we hope you enjoy, and thank you for listening. Jeffrey Dahmer Lester. What's going on? Jeffrey Dahmer Lester? Really? That's... Wow. Honestly, I was going for the comedy middle name, and Dahmer was the first one that came to mind. Wow. Which I totally, I mean, I get, but still, I'm like, whoa. I'm like... You're like a bit far. A bit bit far. I'm like, Graham McManson. Um... It works out. No, it doesn't. It's still more disturbing. Anyway, it, do- it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That totally sums up my on, day. Hang on, hang on. What? Which is more disturbing? I, I think I think Jeffrey Dahmer Lester, because his name was Jeffrey Dahmer, is a little bit more you know disturbing than Graham McManson because you know it's not it's not the same. It's Macmillan o- overlooking the famous Scottish serial killer Graham McManson. What are you talking about? <laughs> ah, shit! I was hoping for a second I, like, lurched into a gold Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be land. genuinely amazing? Mm. People are like, yeah, Manson, there's just something about that name. <laughs> <sighs> Graham McMillan, how are you, sir? I am all right. How are you? Eh, I mean, you that know. good, huh? I mean, not necessarily that bad. There's a lot of good things, but I have to say, there was a there was a lot of a lot of things I was hoping to prep for for this episode that I did not do, and so I feel a little behind the eight ball. Plus, there was a lot of weird, like um, the last couple of months, uh, we've been doing stuff where it's like, oh, you know, regular house chores, like clean things. And I'm kind of at some weird stage where cleaning things means losing things. Like, I don't, where you know, which used to make sense back when I was... Losing things like what? Uh, well, for example, for example, um, in order to make uh, things sound better, um, I had switched back to my USB 3.0 hub with the uh, 2.0 ports so that I could plug my uh, headset into that directly rather than using the almost comically poor 2.0 to 3.0 direct um, converter that has, as you know, a remarkable tendency to just fucking fall out. That was lost (laughs) to me for approximately 45 incredibly harried and sweaty minutes. Um, there's some other things that I've lost that have not actually turned up even up to a week later. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm very, um, I'm a little vexed by it in some ways because this used to happen to me a lot. And then, you know, 
I severely upgraded my life um, by meeting Edie and getting rid of so much junk. And yet, um, you know, I still am I'm kind of at this stage where it's A, I still have more stuff than I can track. And B, I kind of feel like I've turned a corner um, in terms of uh, diminishing mental capacity. And, and I just can't track shit you know sometimes you misplay something and you're like i've got a vague feeling of putting it in a drawer and it's like okay all i gotta do is figure out that you know it's not in the most likely drawer that i should have put it in it's probably in one or two of these other stupid drawers and it usually yeah, yeah, is yeah. right there, there's only so many drawers in the house yeah. yeah but now it's just like i am apparently um just kind of at a stage of ongoing alcoholic blackout that I don't know about because when it's time for me to remember anything that I have like positioned myself physically corporeally in the world where I'm putting something down fuck knows it's like green screen time you could just you could superimpose me putting a glass of water down on the kitchen table on the bedroom table on the fucking back of Battlestar Galactica, on a zoo animal, it it in my brain they all seem equally like yeah oh yeah it's probably there it's probably a back of the back of the zoo animal yep yeah yep. I'm sorry. Can we just go back to Battlestar Galactica? <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, this is the wait what podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, that's here's the thing, Jeff. I kind of want to, you know, go, well, that, that's a shame. That sounds terrible. But also, I feel like I'm glimpsing my own future. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, no. I mean, Graham, if it makes you feel any better, like this is a Black Mirror episode. This is actually your past. Because the number of times that I've actually told you things that you told me. That, that you... I've absolutely forgotten. Yeah. Utterly yes. forgotten. It's terrifying to me. No, so, and in particular, when it was when you were talking about, you know, you put things down and they're in, you know, they've got to be in this drawer, but you know, they're in other drawers. Yeah. Not only have I done that, but I've then gone on to find them in none of the drawers, <laughs> and have started to actually think, what if it never existed? <laughs> What if I never actually had the thing that I thought I had that I put in the drawer? Okay, I gotta say, and I have to say, Graham, I was entirely right. I am not your future, you are mine. And I am terrified because I'm I'm just not, it has not been conducive to a good podcast prep time. I thought I'd be like, oh, I've totally, I'll tell you one thing, I've read so much crazy manga, but I, I have not had time to make up an equally crazy manga and all I've wanted to do for like two months is to bust I know, out the you, My yeah, Four Manga. You've, yeah. You've, mm-hmm. t- you've talked about that a lot and I'm not saying that excuse me while I burp. I'm not saying that to criticize. I'm saying that because I can feel your longing to do it. Yes! Absolutely. 100%. And I have yet again managed to kind of drop the ball when it comes to this i'm starting i'm starting to feel like comiXology graham i'm starting <gasps> to feel see here's the funny thing <laughs> I, as everyone who listens to this knows i don't do prep for this at all mm. i just don't do prep for this podcast at all mm-hmm. uh but uh you know and the whatnot don't um i have family visiting right now mm-hmm. 
And I was going to start off the episode by telling you that I had family visiting. And so, like, you know, I we should do a regular uh, a regular episode. But if it runs too long, like, I was going to, you know, say, for real, I can't, you know, we can't do a three-hour episode. I have family. Right. Um, but I was going to say that I was going to call an audible and talking of Amazon subsidiaries, yeah. <laughs> Comixology. And so I like that both of us just immediately, like, pivot to Comixology. Completely. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm genuinely curious. Um, are you losing your damn mind? So, Graham, let me tell you. Here's the funny thing is mostly no. Part of that is I had been losing my mind about how bad this was going to be. Kind of For a while. Yeah, exactly. And I think I'll tell you one of the things that arguably helped me was... A, um, realizing that they had said, like, oh, you're going to have to re-download all your books to the app after the upgrade. And as I mentioned, I think to you, it might have been far enough back that I, maybe it was just a Twitter thing. I basically removed all but uh, maybe six volumes and a couple of Comixology Unlimited checkouts from my iPad. So when the upgrade happened and upgrade should always be used in air quotes during this conversation. Um, it only, uh, had to sync about reload about, you know, again, those nine titles. My understanding is there are tons of people that had in their entire library on their device and it's lost. Uh, yeah, exactly. And is in theory, it's supposed to be re-downloading, and it's been an entire nightmare. And people are like, it's been days. It's been, like, there's just rumors flying back and forth. Amazon is is compressing the data, and it's coming out fucked up on the other end. Comixology support is like, just be patient. This stuff isn't, you know, it's apparently asynchronously uh synchronizing or something it's just a fuck fest um so for me six volumes i was aghast at how shitty it was on the first day but and here's the funny thing because like one of those six books that i was reading was marvel masterworks the savage she-hulk volume one um you know i was like Okay. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm like, I can't tell if the image has been degraded at all. This is Mike Vosberg back when he was, you know, 14 and possibly blind in one eye, being inked by whoever anyone could trip in the Marvel bullpen that particular month. So not great art, not... But on top of it, I think um, I've been reading... Again, I've been reading a ton of manga through other apps um and so i just haven't been inside the comiXology app a lot i mean kind of somewhat but overall the majority of my reading for the last two months has been in the manga plus app and then this week it was reading stuff in manga plus reading a volume of manga that i had purchased on bookwalker my main manga app of choice and then reading a couple of books in DC Unlimited and Hoopla. And so so I'm really far away from the fire. 
I think that, and I think that there's a way that sort of the damage will be minimal to me. Like one of the things that currently I found out recently that is super fucking annoying is as, as we know, I have been diligently charting all of my purchases for like two plus years. And under the old system, it was pretty easy because, you know, you buy a book and Comixology sends you a receipt. Or you're subscribed to a book and, and Comixology sends you an email saying your book's available for download. And then I can just go into the email, copy the the name and issue number, paste it into the spreadsheet, add a few other information, and I'm set, right? Amazon in changing all of your subscriptions. So, and this is the other thing. A lot of people um, lost, were had tons and tons of titles that they were subscribed to. And because they didn't turn on their settings in time, they lost all that and had to go re-add it. I managed to, I only have about 12 subscriptions and I think 10 of them all, nine or 10 uploaded the last time I checked and the other two I'm like whatever I can re-add however Amazon's pre-ordering system like for example this this week's issue of Nightwing was the first subscribed book that I that I you know received post-transition and Amazon sent me an email saying your amazon.com pre-order whatever is ready or has been delivered right and then you mm -hmm. open that email and it just tells you the price and it does not tell you what the item is you have to literally click on the button to go to the amazon website to go to the specific order then you can copy paste special into the thing so it's so i'm i'm amazed that even after I would say three to four months of heavy mourning slash trying to reduce the amount of skin in the game that I have for this, uh, that Amazon has still managed to to make this just a um, a crotch puncher of an upgrade, frankly. It's, it's just terrible. And I haven't even begun the process of sort of... And one of the things I really liked doing on Tuesday morning was like going to the Comixology website... Clicking on manga, clicking on new releases, looking at all the new releases for manga. Then I jump back, hit the big old like new releases this week button, um, and then just looking at you know seeing if there was anything. So in other words, the casual browsing experience that like so many other positives, Amazon seems to have just simply burned to the ground. So I think I think for me. Uh, I minimized a lot of damage. I did a lot of harm reduction, as they would say. Um, but I think over the coming month or two, it could it could be just brutal. Now, if, if you don't if you don't mind me going uh, running my mouth just a little bit longer, I do want to say to other people who um, are he particularly heavy on Marvel and DC. Um, because I will say that one thing that is in interesting, by which I mean uh, interesting for someone like me and painful for someone like me from 10 years ago, maybe, is that the Amazon storefront, Kindle Comics storefront, um, pushes manga heavily. Like it's weighted probably because Amazon ties the sales rankings to the physical product as well. So... 
the big two are actually kind of the tiny two when it comes to trying to just search through, browse mm-hmm. the pages. Comixology, and I did not realize this, and I'll be honest, I have not double-checked it. I, I've heard this repeatedly on Twitter, so I believe it to be true, and I'm passing it along. Um, has uh, the the Marvel app and DC app that Comixology developed for them is still up and still working. You can still read your DC and Marvel purchases in those apps. You apparently can still make browse and make purchases in those apps oh Uh, really yeah so well i say sorry i should say you can make purchases on those storefronts i think in android of course you can purchase within the app just as you can for amazon i'm not quite sure how and where that scales for the marvel marvel and dc storefront run by comiXology but people have said repeatedly that those storefronts are still active, open, and available, and so for so I may actually um, I don't know about reinstall those, but I will. I'm I'm planning on checking out those sites on New Comics Book Day and seeing if it, they are actually easier sites to be able to look at, at least as far as as Marvel and DC goes. So uh, there's a few other things I should make. I guess I should mention that that one of the things that that will just show you kind of the weird mix of what is really hard to categorize as anything other than laziness and contempt um, that Amazon has treated this whole process is in the Comicsology, the new Comicsology app. You can actually click on and look at the wish lists. In case if you have added comics or digital comics to an Amazon wish list, those are available and all of those different lists are available. Now, as you know, Comixology has a wish list function from their website. And as you also know, in order to be able to access your books, um, after for this for this merge you had to link your comicsology account to your amazon account so amazon knows that you on comicsology have a wish list did it import that wish list when it did this merge and closed down the site no no it, did, it, it didn't it, it wait didn't. so the old comicsology wish lists are just gone are uh, currently just gone. I don't remember if Comixology support has desperately, tearfully promised that they will be re-added in a coming upgrade or not. But the, the fact that they are not available at launch, whereas, like, seriously, something that I threw on a wish list, like, five years ago, like, maybe even in a different format, is available, is insane. Another insane thing is that the Kindle app allows you to view and sort, depending on where you're looking, your books in collections. Like, you you know, like if you've got a Kindle app and you've got like a whole bunch of um, Robert B. Parker books, you can create a collection that you call Parker and you throw all that stuff in there and then you can switch to that. Uh it seems to me to make sense that either a you could have should have been able to create those collections 
you know, import those and then have your comicsology, brand new comicsology that's basically just a kind of fuckier version of a of a Kindle app, be able to access those imported lists. But no, in fact, your fucked up Kindle app, despite the fact that it is uh, that your Comixology app is basically a Kindle app, it can't access your collections at all. So in theory, you could, since all of your Comixology books are on Amazon under digital orders, and when you go to maintain them, you can add those books to collections on Amazon, but you cannot access those in Comixology. I'm kind of curious. I'll be curious. I haven't tried to see if you can actually access those in Kindle so that this is one more passive way that even as they've transitioned to the new Comixology app, they're already undercutting it even more and trying to then drive people into the Kindle app. I'm, I'm not sure. But I will say that if you have the time and inclination and it was a miserable experience for me, you can go to Amazon, look up comics that you have already purchased, put them into your wish list, but create a special wish list called, say, for example, Noctera. Put all, look up all the individual issues or look up the series, but then have to click through on each individual issue. Add it to the Noctera wish list. And then in your Comixology app, you can actually have look at that particular wish list and access all of those books all at once. That being said, I haven't tried this. A lot of people are saying they cannot even group their books um, by series, that it's all individual titles that you can't even sort it. And I don't even know if that's true or not. I guess I could look. Wait, hang on. You can't even organize it by issue, by series? I say that because my library is organized by series right? automatically. Yeah. Well, so, for example, uh, like, you have the opportunity to filter your books in various ways and sort your books in various ways. Oh, wait, here we go. Here's group by series. And it was just turned off. Oh, yeah, here we go. Never mind. That does work. Yeah, okay. Never mind. That doesn't work. That does work, thank God. But, um, but yeah, so this is awesome pretty weak tea i gotta say there's no way of looking in my library just as with the kindle app i don't it shows you at least before you filter if you don't choose downloaded it just shows you everything and uh, thank god that worked so uh, there's the i think you obviously you know that there's a permanently delete button that they've added that allows you to permanently delete a book that they never had in the comiXology app no but they have had in the kindle app all along Mm -hmm. but but of course people are like why would you do this to me now and of course because it's actually in the app before in comiXology you know you could only archive it so you couldn't see it but you could not never quote-unquote delete the book and to be fair i know a lot of people who lost their shit in you know a few stragglers who complained about the fact that that you couldn't actually delete the various unloaded you know sample books and free comics they downloaded that are terrible i've got a bunch of those that i have archived but the fact that you can with you know basically a hard press um have the access to delete your book forever that you purchased i think they could have done that a little bit better so uh you know but maybe i'm just grousing so 
Anyway, all of which is to say, for people, Marvel, DC, check those apps. My understanding is they work. If you want to try the wish list, God be willing and go with you. You may want to try and see about going to Amazon, adding a few books, uh, comics into a collection, and then seeing if the Kindle app allows you to, to look at that collection and as a way to be able to create your own reading list. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a fuck fest, Graham. And I'm kind of curious, um, I'm kind of curious what the, what, what the word on the street's been. Cause I don't feel like you necessarily have a, a ton of skin in the, in the comicsology. Well, I, I don't have a ton of, I don't have a ton of skin in the game and uh, but I know you do, which is honestly why I why I opened by being like, "Are you losing your shit?" Right. Um, the funniest thing, funny feels like entirely the wrong way of saying it. <laughs> the funniest thing to me is you've heard about the people buying internationally, right? Yes. Which yes. The prices. Which, yeah. No, but the prices. Oh, right, right. Uh, in case you haven't, or in case the listeners yeah. have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Comixology's international prices are no longer the prices set by the publisher internationally. They are the American price uh, in the local currency as per the rate of exchange when the book was published. That's right. Which is nuts. Yeah. To the point where, if you live in Canada, literally a book changes price from issue to issue by a matter of cents. Yep. Yep. Even if you buy them all now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, crazy making. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is crazy making. I should mention as a Comixology uh, Unlimited member, I used to get a 10% discount on books from, uh, maybe it's 15%, on Marvel and DC and 10% on Image. That's all gone. So their way of thanking me for being a good customer is to wipe out that discount like look if you're really a good customer you'll just buy the fucking books jeff (laughs) okay not none of this bullshit about needing money off no i know right right i should be if uh, if i meant it i would just shut up and read night of the ghoul number three for free and be grateful for it and i mean to be fair the comics i've read a lot of manga through comiXology unlimited but but there's a lot of manga streaming services that are open and more being added. Kodansha, which is kind of the, to me, the backbone of Comixology Unlimited's manga collection, is do, is opening in March a their own uh, manga streaming uh, service called, I don't know, Manga High Rise or Manga Apartment or I have Manga... Co- condo complex i don't remember what it's called it's not a particularly catchy title and part of me is like is this really going to work like you're charging us you're charging me 6.99 for books that i can already get in multiple other sources but part of me is like well i gotta tell you the comiXology unlimited appeal is is fading mighty fast so i mean Genuinely, I'm not sure what the Comicsology Unlimited appeal is now. I mean, oh, not, now, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. bluntly, I don't know what Comicsology is now. Right. You know, they talk about the new Comicsology, but the website's called Kindle Comics. Yeah. And honestly, that's what it feels like. Oh, it, it is. Feels like Comicsology yep. has, to all intents and purposes, ceased to exist. Yep. yep. You know, and I'm not sure what Comicsology is. 
Um, especially because I don't know how true this is, but I've definitely heard from multiple people. Multiple executives at Comixology are just bailing from the right. company. Yeah, yeah. I Which um, can't blame them if that's true. Oh, I mean, absolutely. There. So, so I think I mentioned the 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 Nightwing issue that I bought that mm-hmm. that I then had to click through, copy and paste into my um into my little uh, uh, list. Do you, you can probably figure this out, but do you want to know, well, let's see if I can find this digital comicsology. Here's my comics reading list. So, Oh no, not the reading list. You idiot. You even told yourself not to buy them. Okay. One second. So in January, um, the title that I pasted into my little, um, spreadsheet was Nightwing parentheses 2016 dash close parentheses issue 88. This week I pasted in Nightwing parentheses 2016 hyphen close parentheses number issue 89 bracket Kindle edition close bracket. So yeah. It's it literally says right there on the tin that it is the Kindle edition. Like there is a uh, so one of the things that I think and I could hugely be wrong is Amazon pumped a lot of money into digital books and they have their own e-reader. They really doubled down on that because it allowed them to corner the market. They've got all their various Kindle Unlimited, published through Kindle, yada, mana, blada, blada, yada, mana. They, as a cornerstone, I'm firmly convinced they need to show a return on their investment, of course. They need to show a certain amount of growth. And I and I also think that this is kind of interesting. Somebody, of course, other people have said, like, hey, digital comic sales are have been mostly flat ever since you know uh apple started trying to take a big cut of in-app purchases and everyone cut out of that shit but um i've heard rumors and i don't know if you've heard this as well that during covid digital comic sales went up i don't know how much or if like probably not by a lot otherwise people would have been tooting the horn but i believe that there was at least word on the street that um, due to people not actually want being able to or wanting to go to comic stores but needing to get their fix, com- digital comic sales were going up. Now, you've got Amazon, they've got the Kindle, they've got this huge structure all about ebooks. They see an area where sales are actually going up while their sales for the in the ebook market have begun to diminish what it what's a better shot in the arm than taking an entire absorbing an entire app um moving all of those numbers from one side of the spreadsheet onto the other side of the spreadsheet and boom all of a sudden the kindle app kindle is glorious has has shown remarkable growth over the last several years of the coronavirus because people have learned to fall in love with the written word again, you know? 
That's me being Wait, my hang, crazy hang conspiracy hat person. Yeah. Okay. I have. I need you to explain that conspiracy a little bit because I, I thought I knew where you're going, and then I feel like you flipped to the very end. Right. Are you saying that Amazon is going to see a bump by absorbing Comixology, or Comixology is going to see a bump by suddenly being part of Amazon? No, 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 no. Amazon is going to show on the books a huge bump by basically absorbing comiXology which it's already had on another side of the ledger that nobody pays attention to and merges these numbers into the kindle in other words the kindle being a bigger investment and a, a sort of thing nearer and dearer to the chief top executives hearts rather than throwing their shoes at the slob who runs the Kindle program or several is in charge of trying to juice sales for the, for the Kindle program. I'm convinced they are now able to turn around and be like, Hey, good news again. So that's my theory is, is that, that Amazon is going to claim and show growth based on growth that didn't actually happen, but just by this sort of brutal, like this brutal merger, part of the reason why it happened so quickly and poorly, despite the fact that it had been held off for forever, and at some point they pivoted and blah, blah, blah. Like there were several sets of things going on there. I firmly believe I, that I, they were like, we don't want to continue to support two separate sources of code. You know, the whole like... We've got a team that supports Comixology and we've got a team that supports Kindle and they are two separate things and we need to bring them together. But I also think that they're like, eh, and we would really like it if our numbers looked really juicy. Please continue with your your understandably very sensible note of cynicism. So, uh, of, I, of I, well, skepticism. I was going to say it's... If that is the thinking behind it, mm -hmm. it is... Even for a company like Amazon, shockingly short-sighted. <laughs> I mean, even for Amazon, it's short-sighted. Mm -hmm. uh, because A, it's not actually a growth in revenue at all. Because, like you said, they've owned Comixology all along. Like, they've owned Comixology for eight years. Yep. So, like, they're, they're literally taking money from themselves. But also, the reader response to this oh yeah mm -hmm. so negative mm -hmm. that they're going to lose business mm -hmm. oh like, absolutely it, 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 it's it's not even a matter of like oh maybe they will they 100 are going to lose business mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because yep. of this yeah and so you know if that is their thinking i'm not see i'm not sure it is because i don't even think it's that considered i honestly think it's the same thing that uh honestly many other companies have gone through which mm -hmm. is just we want everything to be the same mm -hmm. like we're one company therefore we want everything to match mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and it doesn't go any further than that it's literally just okay well we've got the kindle app so why can't comicsology be like that we can just cut the comicsology people loose mm -hmm. I, I i i would be surprised honestly if it goes any further than that I, I mean, I, I, I honestly like agree. I, I sort mm -hmm. of a background for that. Part of me is mm -hmm. like, they got rid of the Comicsology web page, even mm -hmm. like it just reacts to Amazon. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I guess my my thing, and I could be wrong, is and it, it could well be 
that when Comixology let itself be bought by Amazon, you know, um, they just signed on the bottom line and they didn't go to any great lengths to protect themselves. But I mean, as you know, there's there's any number of sites that have been that were purchased by Amazon long ago, like Zappos or Woot or others that are allowed to still operate with a much greater degree of individual branding and to an extent autonomy, you know? And so the, again, I'm like, I mean, right now, but again, calling Solid was loaded for eight years. Yeah, sure. Sure. (laughs) I, I'm just, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I mean, on the one hand, I totally see what you're saying. I just, I also think that, um, anyway, well, I mean, you know, this is it. This is all me just froth mouthedly babbling about things. But the fact of the matter is I'm, I am, I'm, I'm pretty crushed in some ways because it is my, oh, this is the other thing, a lovely little anecdote, which again, make me sound like even more of a conspiracy nut. Certain friend of the podcast um, went. It was had to go to a funeral um, uh, at the other end of his state, not California, and so he loaded up his Comicsology app. Um, this was before the transition, like at the weekend. Turned off Wi-Fi because he didn't want to deal with any sort of what sorry turned off the updates right turned off updating for his app because he didn't want to deal with the shenanigans um was in a place for like four or five days where he had no wi-fi um had acts had his old app had the books in the app was able to read his books in the app as soon as he came home he did not turn he did not he still did not turn on his updates but the his app once he got wi-fi again um the previous version of the comicsology app uh he says refused to let him access any of his books until he upgraded the app so i again this may just be someone knowing that i love a good a conspiracy theory, but they were like, so they may have put in a kill switch such that the next time I connected to Wi-Fi, less than a week after the upgrade to 4.0, they would not let me access my books in the app until I upgraded. I could continue well, to I, not I mean, I, yeah, you know, I didn't upgrade my app and then yesterday I couldn't access the app. I had to upgrade. Okay. So you've had, you had basically the same experience. Yeah, literally, like, I, I opened the Comixology app, which I purposely not upgraded. Right. Up, again, upgraded in, in, you know, yes. quote marks. Yeah. Um, and instead I got a pop-up window that's like, you have to upgrade the app. Right. Like, you have to do it. Right. So, yeah, they're, they're, they 100% built in a, a, a kill, a kill switch, switch or, was, or, or yeah. a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a forced update thing mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, 100% that's true. Yeah. So... So that so I uh, thank you for for verifying. And I, I believe the official explanation given was that he couldn't support both code at the same time, which is bullshit. I mean, of it's 100% course, bullshit. It's one hundred percent. You know what I, I mean? Think, it's... I think that's the official explanation. Yeah, yeah. That that answer is utter bullshit. So just the fact that they are, 
doing that so i mean less than a week after too is very much a yeah i don't know i mean who knows maybe it really is that thing of they're like yeah yeah yeah. we're just we're we are comics all <laughs> comicsology is the bad roommate they never did the dishes they ignored their chores on the chore wheel we have got to kick them out of the house as soon as possible but um you know barring that sort of absolutely understandable metaphor because clearly amazon is just if you think about it just a house with six or seven different roommates um and not one of the biggest corporations what, of what all is time. amazon if not if not <laughs> indeed indeed graham anyway so yeah uh fuckery fuckery abounds and really not the thing that's amazing someone pointed out that marvel uh unlimited was like, hey, want a great, you know, oh, yeah, pain-free no, 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 way to... I think I retweeted that. Yeah, oh, did you? Okay, good, good. Because I did as well, where someone was like, hey, just because you're no longer the worst fucking app, like, don't go tooting your own horn. You more or less destroyed yourself with your own last upgrade, you know, and now you're just excited that you're not the the biggest step you're back not the upgrade. Worst. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. I tell you, it's it's pretty shitty. Yeah, but he, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I will be stunned if this does not drive a lot more people to the subscription services. Well, if, yeah. if DC was smart, mm-hmm. they 100% would uh, follow Marvel Unlimited's leads mm, and right. change their lead time to three months instead of six. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Cut it, cut it to 90 days. And, and offer some sort of I don't know about an introductory rate, but maybe just a first first month free and and get it in there. Absolutely, Marvel because the audience is is going to be looking in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, spoilers to any comic book publisher publicists who are listening to this. Uh, I am definitely going to be hitting you up in the next couple of weeks, asking how you guys feel about the comicsology uh, yeah. upgrade, and yeah. also. Asking if sales have fallen. Right. Because I'm really curious what's going to happen in the next week or so. Yeah, yeah. I I, I would be very, very... Especially because anything that anyone had pre-ordered in Comixology is null and void. Right. Anything anything pre-ordered in Comixology. It's wacky to me. Yeah. Because don't you pay if you pre-order or do you not pay until it's released? Uh, you, yeah, you get build on release. You get build okay. on release, at, at least okay. through Comixology. So, but yeah, you can't. You, uh, there's no pre-ordering outside the United States at all. Uh, at all, like United States, can you can pre-order books, but you no longer can pre-order your comics outside the U.S., which is insane. Which is insane. No one can f- seem to figure out why that's the case. Like. Apart from all the other fuckery, like, I don't even remember. I think comic, I don't remember if Comixology Unlimited is US only or not. But just the idea that that everyone but the United States can no longer pre-order books in advance. Like, what kind of, like, they're like, nah. I mean, like, what an amazing tribute to a company that originally was formed you know, for the purposes of creating, you know, digital pull lists that you could, you know, send to retailers to to actually, you know, have it so that 
every other country in the world that uses this service now can no longer um you know another thing that's amazing is is that they comicsology the was like yeah you can you can download titles as backups um they will no longer offer that going forward in amazon but they you know after the team up as they kept calling it but once the team up had happened people who had previously purchased um comics with backups could still download the backups from amazon that seems to currently be a hundred percent untrue no the instructions do not work I've seen lots of people complain that they like they were like, oh shit! So I lost all my downloads. If I didn't download it, I'm like, no, no, no. It says right here, it, it's it's it still works. And they're like, and they're no. like, no, but really, no, but really. And I went and tried it out, and they're absolutely right. There's there's no way that I can really see that you can do that. So it's uh, it's 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 ho oh, 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 It is such. It's amazing what a huge piece of setting things on fire. Uh, it, it, is, is. it is genuinely impressive how poorly this has been rolled out. Yeah. And this is the delayed version, remember? Mm -hmm. This is the version that they were like, oh, no, we're not ready yet. Yeah, this is maybe once or twice delayed. Um, you know, uh, bless his heart. I had a lot of people sending me links. I don't know how thoroughly uh, Rich at Bleeding Cool has been covering this in part because his own uh website is absolutely unnavigatable and unsearchable i don't know why he bothered to do that but i'd stopped reading but i got a couple of direct links and they had people who uh were like yeah i was in the beta and i told them how bad this was and i just basically had an executive shout me down so yeah well i mean it it does i desperately desperately want to talk to david steinberg oh yeah like yeah, i, bet I you really do, do. Mm -hmm. because as much as i think i kind of just want to ask him what were you thinking i'm not even in the like berating him sense mm -hmm. like i'm genuinely curious what were you thinking because this upgrade genuinely seems to demolish comicsology mm-hmm uh, you know, the branding has all but disappeared. Uh, the website is gone. It, mm -hmm. it, you know, goes to Kindle Comics instead, mm -hmm. even though it's Comixology logo on it. The app has removed a significant amount of the functionality mm -hmm. that it used to have. Mm -hmm. Like, it is, it is an upgrade that makes the app worse in almost every respect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What were you thinking? Well, I mean, like, like, were you thinking, I can't do anything about it? Were you thinking, maybe we start in this really shitty place and we can improve it? Are you, were you thinking, fuck it, <laughs> I just don't care anymore? Like, what was the thought process here? And also, what was the thought process when people were telling you quite clearly and openly, don't do this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you just went ahead and did it anyway. Right. You know I mean, I think I, I think well, let me ask you this, Graham. 
why do you think that David Steinberger cares? Like, you know, there were wasn't oh, Comicsology founded by three people? I mean, what if what if David Steinberger was the only guy who stuck around out of the original three who founded the company because he's the only one who actually does not care about comics and just likes money? It, and maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. Like for real, I, I'm I'm genuinely curious. I'm curious what the people inside Comicsology make of this. Right, right. You know. Because Comixology as a subsidiary still exists. There is still a Comixology. There is still, for that matter, uh, Comixology support. And I I told you this in in Twitter DM this week. Um, I reached out to Comixology's PR. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, can I get you to answer some questions? And they were like, (laughs) "Mm." And I I thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do an end run around them. I'm going to ask Amazon. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask Amazon's media people uh, if they'll answer questions. And Amazon's official response is talk Comixology's PR team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, that's not an off-the-record thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's an on-the-record thing. Right. So Amazon is like, no, Comixology's still real. There is still a Comixology. Well, yeah. I mean, sure, Graham. Like... No, but, but like... It, it, every shooter needs a patsy. That's just that's just yeah, yeah, common I guess, sense. I guess that's it. Like I want to talk to the patsy. I guess that's what I'm saying. Like I I really genuinely I'm curious what. And what there's the amazing is... stories. I'm hoping someone will tell you, even off the record, you know, or like four or five or however many Any, years. Anyone who is listening to this who works in comicsology. You can email me and say it's all in background. Mm-hmm. Feel free. Right. Um, like the last newsletter I did about the JLA Avengers thing, all of that was on background, but it meant I got the fucking answers. Yeah. No, absolutely. Which was great, by the way. We, I was, it, you know, I guess we have to talk about, I, I would um, like to talk about that since that's also a news story. But, but, uh, yeah, like, yeah, tell me things on background. Tell me things that, that I say like I don't want to be, I don't want to be named. Right. But yeah, I, I'm that's the thing. I'm genuinely curious. I'm not even. I was going to say I don't have an axe grind, which honestly is true. But also, you know, I also think this is a terrible idea. <laughs> like, I, right? I think updates terrible. We'll see. That's it. That, yeah. I have no, like I have no axe grind. Like I'm genuinely curious. What made people decide to do this? Yeah. Like, was it forced on them, or did they actually think? You know what? It's not that much different. You know, like for real, are there people in comicsology who are like, it's more or less the same. Right. I mean, could be. It's not as if there, you know, there were updates and things, the options that people were begging them for, for literally years that they never bothered to implement or even give lip service to. So it's mm-hmm. entirely possible, entirely possible. Um, you know, I it's, yeah. Who knows? Uh, certainly not me. But if anyone if anyone wants me to speculate meanly and pettily, um, please reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, I, I feel like <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I can only do so much of it and be entertaining to Graham for so long. And after a while, I just sound like I like love I love plug. the idea that you are now like volunteering. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. <laughs> 
yeah, it's true. You're right. I just sort of you're like, like hey, hey, everyone. Yeah. Well, do, I, have, do you, I, I'm available. Right. I'm a, well, you know what? I have to say the number of people who sent me, like, it was, it was more than two, which for me, in terms of Twitter response, ranks in the upper echelons of people who are like, hey, you should read this. Hey, did you see this? Holy fuck, what did they do to us? And so I kind of feel for a lot of people who listen to this podcast, they know that I am the digital comics nut and... I knew this I knew this was going to be bad and it absolutely 100% oh it, it's so it's so bad Graham but on the other hand I also had started I mean again trying to branch out into other stuff I am shocked that that Amazon took not just one but something like four or five steps to 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 disincentivize me making purchases and i think that's just that's really stunning like there's something to that that is to me i'm like why don't you just you know strangle you know if it wasn't for the fact that everyone would lose their minds just close comiXology just say sorry you guys licensed your purchases they're all gone they're streaming services good luck to you you know and, and and just as a test balloon so that they can do that when they decide that Kindle's so unprofitable, they don't want to support that library and close that down too. You know what I mean? As a oh, Why not do it as lips, a test Jeff, balloon, right? From yeah. your lips to Amazon's ears. Right. Everybody's like, thanks, Jeff. That was awesome of you. Really appreciate yeah, yeah, you really, really, that really out there you, in the you world. Said that, Jeff. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. Um, well, I will say one benefits question mark about the new app is um i went back and looked at like my earliest comicsology purchases and i i'd forgotten half the shit i bought and i bought some great shit so that's good yeah i mean right you know i mean, I genuinely, i'd forgotten so many things I'd, I'd bought and i was like oh look that's that's actually a good stuff oh good <laughs> you know well done which, me well done you yeah which i mean again for the thing that i also think is somewhat funny is uh, for myself, I realized that I was no longer successfully browsing in Comixology even before this transition. In other words, my hoarder mentality instincts slash whatever it is that 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 you know enables my hoarding made it similarly hard to actually see the books in my collection, which is where the tracking what I was buying and then tracking everything from 2021 that I had unread and then crossing those off my list. That's kind of been like fun homework, at least until I got distracted with, you know, trying to read a a whole bunch of ongoing manga and manga plus for free. Um, so it's, uh, uh, so in a way I kind of do have this thing of everything that, that, that I also somehow I feel managed to luckily sidestep a lot of that, but yeah, I got, I got some great, I got a lot of great stuff here in, in comiXology and I, I, A, I, I really don't want to see the service go away, but, um, I'm also, I don't know. It's just, it's, um, 
It's interesting. Graham, you you remember Don't Be Evil, don't you? I mean, I know it was Google, not Amazon. But, like, yeah. I, I remember there was a period, and I hate saying this out loud, and please feel free to laugh at me if you wish, where I was like, you know what's going to be able to change the world for the better? Conscious consumerism. And, oh, boy, did I get that one wrong. Because it's... Cause, <laughs> Those, those words, I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, I know what I was thinking, but I was, I'm just like, Ooh. so, so there is part of me where I'm like, I hate giving money to Amazon anyway. So part of me is like, if they kill the only lifeline I have to them, part of me is like, Hey, I'll be free. I'll be free. Like, I mean, I'm not living in one of those areas that where they closed down all their stores because everyone was addicted to free shipping with Amazon Prime, and then they started getting charged for it because they were out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, you know, I mean, I still have shitty stores that don't have the things that I want but almost have it, and therefore I can buy the sucky-ass thing that I didn't want instead of the awesome thing that I actually did want. Like that's how I grew up. That was the first 30 years of my life being incredibly unhappy with my buying decisions, you know, and maybe, maybe that's just the price that I have to pay, you know, as if that's really going to, you know, fucking kill the corporate Kaiju nightmare that fucking Amazon is. You know, it's like, oh, no, Jeff Lester's no longer buying from Comixology. Oh, poor us. What a shame. We just bought Argentina, you know, which is now Amazonia, you know. Ah, Graham. Graham. (laughs) Let's talk. Let's talk about something uplifting and inspiring that brought nothing but joy to people. Let's talk about that JLA Avengers (laughs) announcement. Okay, so I alluded to this newsletter, but I didn't know anything about it until I got a message from, from uh, I'll say, someone. Was it me? Uh, was it me? Because one was, of the things you pointed out in the newsletter was that that person was completely uninformed. And no, I'm like, fuck, it, it was, it was it, I got it from a retailer. Okay. Uh, and I got it actually just before the news went out. Mm, okay. Um, but the message was, essentially, I can't believe Marvel is trying to fuck JLA Avengers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was published like like 20 years ago. How- <laughs> like, You're just is- finding out about this now? <laughs> I was like, what does that even mean? How, how can I that? That's in the past. Um, and then I, then I got the press release and I was like, oh shit, okay, so that makes more sense. Right. Right. <laughs> um, I, and and I go back and forth to retailer, and I'm like, "What do you What do you mean? Like, what are you saying? I like I literally you're you're Your telling words me this make no of sense this. to me. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. you're telling me the first part of this. What the fuck are you talking about? And they're like, "Yeah, uh, from what I've been told, uh, Marvel's limiting the print run, and and there would be more copies, but Marvel's decided that there that there shouldn't be more copies." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh shit, okay." Well, uh, right. I, I've got to look into this, mm-hmm. right? Like something's going on. I've got to look into it. Um, and then, and I'm this is where I'm not going to name names. So I don't want to get someone into trouble because it mm-hmm. turned out to be looked really suspicious and then wasn't. And I'll explain why this is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I know a couple of people at Heroes Initiative, and I email one, and I'm off like you know offhand friendly, but I'm like, what's going on with with this? Like, can I can you even like give me some information on this? And in the nicest way possible, I basically get a you've got to talk to Marvel and DC. I'm not even going to answer questions. Wow. And like they're not. They're not saying fuck off. It's all like I said. They said it in a really nice way possible. But it's very clearly, talk to Marvel and DC. I'm not saying anything. And so I immediately was like, well, shit, something's up. Something's yeah, right. up. Funny story. I later find out, no, that's not why I got that response. I got that response because that person apparently had received a shit ton of messages from other retailers. Oh. Saying, <laughs> not even... Can I get more? Can I get more copies? Right. I'd rather not. Print run be larger, but can I get preferred listing and get more copies? And so other people don't. Not asking for more than seven thousand. Just can I get copies? Right. Can I get a better cut of the pie? Yeah. Not, so, yeah. so basically, like this guy I, I emailed was basically like, "I'm fucking over it." <laughs> yeah. No shit. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So but but I didn't know that. So I was like, "Well, they just sent me to Marvel and DC." Okay. So something's fucking up. Like, something's definitely going on. Right. And so I basically spent um, Thursday in the end just talking to a bunch of people. A bunch of people. Uh, people at Marvel, people at DC, people here at Initiative. Um, but, like, retailers as well and, and, like, other people who would know these things. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and it very quickly became clear that, like, even though it really looked to all, everyone, including myself, that something was up. Yeah. The thing that was up was, this is basically as many copies as they could make, not to be too blunt, while George Perez could still actually see it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, that Yeah, literally, like, he was given six months to live four months ago. Right, right. And so, if this book is going to exist at a point where he can actually see it, and bear in mind, like, they're doing it for him. Yeah, exactly. Like, like the publishers are not making any money on this deal at all. All That's the profits right. going to the initiative. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and you know, publishers are, are, in some cases, losing money on this deal. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They're doing this for George Perez. Yeah. They're literally doing this to honor him. They're doing this because he wanted it. And because they, and, and, you know, everyone, that's not an exaggeration, everyone I spoke to was like, it's Marie Javins. And, you know, other people were like, it was Marie Javins and also blah, blah, blah. But, like, Marie Javins, everyone. I was like, Mm -hmm. she made it happen. Like, you know, Marvel and DC might have wanted to make it happen, but don't forget they're owned by multinational corporations who want to tie everything up in red tape. And she was like, no, he's dying. Like, we have to right. do it now. How right. do we do it now? What do we have to do to make this yeah. happen? Uh, and according to yeah. her on Twitter, it was Dan Buckley at Marvel who was like, get Hero Initiative involved and have them release it. And that way both publishers are licensing it. Uh, mm-hmm. And apparently, like, there's there's a bunch of other, like, minutiae that didn't put in the newsletter, but apparently one of the reasons that it's going through Diamond, which a lot of retailers are apparently upset about. Um, well, <laughs> so so the thinking I, I've, as I've been told by retailers is, if it's 7,000 copies, and there's 
is because I asked, oh yeah I, I checked with mm-hmm. Diamond. Diamond does service roughly three thousand two hundred accounts, right? So you're talking yeah. less than three right. copies an account. Okay, which yeah. is honestly just you know ridiculous. Um, and so a lot of retailers basically said like, if it's that low and you're not increasing print run, why don't you mm-hmm. just sell it through here initiative? Like, don't right. make the retailers look like bad guys by telling people they can't get it. Is is mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, I understand, but I'm also like, really, for fuck's sake. Um, so, I mean, one thing, one thing that I think is worth mentioning, and I know it is a fact that that you know, but. I, I just want, because it's something that I had to keep in mind. Because I have to say, like, this is, in many ways, an it really genuinely should be an incredible, heartwarming story. No, 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 story. for real. You um, know, someone, I, yeah, I'm right? not going to name but, names, but someone said, uh, this is just a reminder <laughs> that there are people in the world yeah. that if you deliver a truckload of gold to their front door... They will complain to you because gold is really heavy and they don't want to carry it inside. <laughs> okay, so which is funny, really funny, but also a really mean and inappropriate analogy. You know what I mean? No, because... I don't. I just think it's. I think it's funny because honestly, the more I looked into it, and the more I was like, okay, this is just the reality of it, right? Then the more I honestly, the more I did end up getting like irritated by people being like, why aren't there more? Or why don't they delay it? Right. You know, right. because like, there's legit, there's a real reason why you don't delay it, which is you're doing it for this one guy and this guy will be dead. Absolutely. No, I totally – and I'm with you and I agree. And that – so this is the thing that I just – like I said, what I want to remind people is, is, is that retailers – by comic store retailers by and large have had an absolutely brutal couple of years and mm-hmm. and and I really want to stress this as well this is in an industry that itself is um almost nightmarishly darwinian like most retailers are you know if they have managed to survive uh, in the industry for any length of time, they are deeply conservative. They have in this it financially, they have ridiculous battle scars. They have been burned back and forth. They have had to deal with ridiculous amounts of acrimony and they have to deal with the publishing decisions on the reg that have um, kind of fucked them time and time and time and time and time again. So, to me, I just I I think it's worth like post traumatic trauma is real. Yes, ex- in terms of this, I ex- I do understand exactly. that. I do yeah. understand. And so these these literally are people who have been eating their skin and toenails in a snowy wilderness for two years and are now were not to start with but are even less well socialized are starved to the bone and more or less are being given half a dinner roll and being like 
here. Well, you know, no. Okay, that, that, honestly, that's where you lost me, Jeff. What? It, no, that's, that's that's where you lost me. Because Graham, so but this is it. I okay, we'll go go ahead. But my thing, my thing is, is that all these people who are like we, I'm most of these stores are only going to get two copies. I can literally sell a hundred of them the first month, and I can probably sell another hundred, two hundred throughout sure, the course sure. of the year. I, I I understand that. I do. Where I think the they're literally being given half a dinner roll thing falls down is that only works for me if that's the only thing they're being given by the publishers, and the publishers are giving them everything else, and this is uh. I don't know. This is uh, an additional half a cookie, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like half a dinner roll only works if that's all they're getting. Mm-hmm. And you and I both know that like Marvel alone <laughs> is pumping out product like there's no fucking tomorrow. Well, they are, but they're not pumping. Well, but okay. So, I mean, at that point, the metaphor really falls apart because they're actually being given half a steak as opposed to 3,600 dinner rolls. You know what I mean? Like, I personally think part of the problem is Marvel's Marvel's publishing product is shit. And it, a, okay. a lot of it, and a lot of it isn't selling. And a lot of DC product isn't selling. And so here's a thing where suddenly everyone's like, here is a guaranteed seller. Everyone needs a guaranteed seller. This industry okay, but, and these but, people but need again. a guaranteed seller. You're not going to have it. You know? And but I, again... Given the realities of it. Sure. Right? And the realities are it's limited to this number of copies because that's literally the amount of paper and print time that is available if you're going to get it before the person they're making for is going to die. I and for that matter, I totally and for that matter also, mm-hmm. it's being done by a third party because – and nobody said this to me directly, but you know, this is not a rough inference to take. If it was literally down to Marvel and DC co-publishing again themselves, it would never fucking happen. Of course. Of course. I, right? I, so yeah. it's it, – like I – again, I, there, I do feel there is a level of entitlement about this that is at, at least frustrating. I – Think that and you know, and I, I, think, I understand honestly, when you, that when you I... start talking about like you know they're only being given half a dinner roll, I'm I'm shaking my head and disagreeing with you. Jeff. Okay, fine. I can I can I get to the point I was going for? No, back when we no, 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 no. Because I still <laughs> had a thing. I just want to say I understand. I just really think that if you look harder, you will see the actual genuine desperation, need, and suffering. That is coming off as entitled is entitlement, but fair enough. Please, you, what you were saying, Graham. I genuinely love that. I was like, "Can I get to the thing?" I was initially saying, and you're like, "No." <laughs> is a beautiful distillation of way what? Um, oh man! Oh, okay, okay. No, I, I think that could go either way, Jeff. So uh, okay, I, I think you could, okay. Like, it to me as well. like I'm not just saying it's it's yeah. I just okay think as long as it's that, a two way street. Exchange, I think of, really of, funny, of two like, people oh. being terrible of then fine. <laughs> anyway, um, so yes, you were saying. So the so the uh, one of the things that was said to me by people who have awareness of this, like have first hand knowledge of this, right? Is the reason it's not being sold just through here. Uh, initiative which is what i saw retailers suggest right um 
is that basically hero initiative stuff has previously been sold through Diamond. And if all of a sudden they change the rules for this, then that might have been seized upon to slow down the process. That basically, by saying we do it like we've done all the other releases which you have previously licensed. Because, I mean, Hero Initiative has licensed stuff from Marvel and DC for fucking years, forever. Yes, absolutely. Like, since they, since they were founded 20-odd years ago. Right. Um, so, using that and saying, like, it's just like this, it's just, you know, maybe something bigger. Mm-hmm. Then it was able to happen if instead they were like, we'll only sell this through the website or we'll only sell this at conventions or whatever. Right. That apparently would have been a problem. And again, slowing down the prog- progress of this for everyone was just seen as like, we can't do it. No, absolutely not. Again, yeah. like, we have a literal deadline. Yeah. God. Ugh. You know? Yeah. I mean, but that's just it. That's that's the reality of it. No, great. And no one, like, what was sweet, I guess, mm-hmm. was that no one wanted to be that blunt. Mm-hmm. But it was clear that's what everyone was saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when you had multiple people say things like, we just want George to see it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, you're, and then I was like, yeah, when when was he actually diagnosed? Because he was diagnosed for like a year, right? And yeah. I went back and it was the end of November, and it's six months to a year. Oof, man, I tell you. And I was like, so realistically, like, he could be dead within a couple of months. Absolutely. And this isn't even meant to come out for a mo- another month. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. totally. Right? So, like, and given, again given the reality of printing in, in the U.S. right now. Yeah. It, there's every possibility it's going to be delayed. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I, I mean, I really do think that it is, there's so many things that are a shame about it, not least of which is the fact that so many people are doing this as uh, um, out of goodwill and tribute to someone who absolutely so totally deserves it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and again, it's it's also kind of, I think it says a lot about Price that he's not taking the money from it. Oh, yeah, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. That all the money's going to your initiative. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I, I do think that says a lot about him. Mm-hmm, well, completely. Um, and, and, you know, I, I I said everyone was basically singing Marie Javins's praises. Uh, the other thing is like everyone clearly is like, yeah, but we're doing it for George, <laughs> right? Do you know what I mean? Like everyone's like, okay, but we got it. Yeah, like we want to make this happen for this one guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, one of the strange things about it, about doing the reporting, I should say, mm-hmm. um, was that I asked a bunch of people. In a relatively offhand manner. Okay, you've done this, so what's to stop there being other Marvel DC co-producing things in the future? Mm-hmm. And no one answered it. Like, they didn't say nothing, and they didn't say we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Literally everyone invited the question. Yeah. Which felt really weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone avoided the question. <laughs> yeah. You know? The yeah. closest thing I got to responses were, were, like, that's way above my pay grade. <laughs> right. Right. You know, and considering I've already, already feel like I've shit in this picnic basket multiple times, part of me is, like, I don't think that... I... I 
it it says everything it says everything about the world today that George Perez will probably be dead in two months and Ike Promuter will never die. Will never die. <laughs> that he is fucking immortal. <laughs> but if he were one day to die, which he will again, I wanna stress he will, he will never, never do. do. He will never do. But if he were then I think we would actually see this because I am particularly after seeing the stuff with Marie Javins and her giving all this credit to Buckley and talking about how close they were. I'm like, Oh, right. Like this whole, that whole kind of, um, you know, new wrestling, you know, Casada Jameis Marvel thing so clearly has gone by the wayside and the people at Marvel are very different, but I also believe that they are not allowed to cooperate um, in the way that they used to. Uh, and I think I, again, honestly, I think the reason why no one can even breathe a whiff of it is because of that guy. But that's me. That's just me. I want to say for anyone listening, that is just Jeff's personal opinion. I'm not saying that based in fact. Also, um I have to remember to leave uh garlic and crucifixes in front of the windows and the doors because I feel by saying his name so many times there is a very good chance that I will wake up to Ike Promuter like being the last thing that I see before I die. And I don't. Oh my God. You and I both know that I promise does not do that shit himself. You know, he has people, he has people who does that for him. Well, I mean, no, a normally sure. But I personally feel that that's, if you cross him, you know, as if he was a human being, if you start talking about him as an immortal evil spirit that cannot die, I personally believe he makes it a point to show up in your house and rip your throat out himself. So, I mean, that's that's a very exciting concept. <laughs> Let, let's let's well, just all let's there, just there's, all be very there's happy the perfect the the second perfect encapsulation of wait what. Uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, if, is the other person rubbing the other one's hand, rubbing hands at the prospect of the other one's death at the the hands of a a, a demonic she beast uh, she beast demonic beast running Marvel Comics, who's probably let's face it hermaphroditic. So um, <laughs> this is going places. It really is. I got to tell you, <laughs> hopefully not right to court. Uh, Graham, so it's been, how's I, it's been, it's been an hour and 17. I feel, I feel like, I feel like the news is the section where, um, I, I don't know. I feel like we're normally in sync there. The fact that, the fact that I have apparently, you know, um, uh, uh, what's the word? What's the, in, I, I I don't know, and I'm excited to find out. Yeah. Anyway, let's just let's just assume that we're on good terms, and and say like maybe we want to talk about the comics. The, the comics. Should that we we've assume we're on good terms, Jeff? See, Should Graham, we... I I I I want to. I want to. You know, I like you. I do. I just I don't know where it all went wrong. Probably, it's probably year seven of the podcast. I think probably. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> I I 
I'm the one that's exhausted. You're the one that's absolutely wacky this episode. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. It's probably because I didn't have a chance to write up my manga choices and or... Uh, I, I think you should just wing it. My system. See, this is the problem. I just can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's 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 just so... Anyway, what I'm thinking is, is next week's a skip week, but maybe what we'll do if your game is I will actually prep something and we'll do just a little special... 10 minute my oh, poor manga oh wow really yeah yeah i mean you for, know like, it's great for, you the, for the patron or for, or for everyone everyone but maybe we'll post it on the patreon like two days earlier or something like that so it's like we'll record it put it up you know what know. i'm gonna i'm gonna put this out for the patreon people jeff i think we should do it but i think we should do more of them for patreon huh interesting i think we should do two rounds for patreon and one round for everyone else Wow. Wait, two rounds of my four. Okay. All right. I can do this. All right. That's great. And then we just, Patreon people get two and the regular people get just the, this is good because this will this will allow me to, because we know I'm basically, <gasps> yes. No, I, I can't, I can see the Patreon stuff. I was going to say, you should have people on Patreon make up fake ones. Oh yeah, but you could see it. But you I could see, see it. it. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, Graham, there have been more than one or two people that have um, contacted me directly with manga that they have pointed me to that they know you will not think is real. So <laughs> it's thank you, everyone, for getting involved in this. Yeah, right. So I've read some weird ass shit, uh, and that's why it's sort of killing me. That, that I, I love it. doing that very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so anyway, did you do, do you what am I, what do you think? I know it seems kind of crazy, but do you want to talk about comics? Is there something else? Oh, you know, there's other shit to talk about too. I also feel like <laughs> I feel like it's not news or anything like that, but since we're taking the old, you know, we do the superhero media type stuff, I wondered if you had thoughts about cuz we have not talked on the podcast about Peacemaker. And Have I know really? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I think. Oh, it, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I loved it. Mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed the last episode. I loved the show as a whole. Um, I kind of love and it took me until this last episode. Actually, it took me until the conversation after this last episode. to really think about it that um, not unlike Guardians of the Galaxy, Peacemaker is Peacemaker basically in name only. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, every character in that, for all intents and purposes, is an original character. Yes. They just, like, some of them have names of existing comic characters. That's right. Yeah. With 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 Adrian Chase slash Vigilante being, hands down, the most extreme version of that, I think. But Yes. Uh, but, I mean, honestly, like, but even... Peacemaker himself. Even yeah. Peacemaker himself, right? Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. the origin he was given in this, mm -hmm. and the, the backstory that he was given. But, I mean, also, like, uh, Hardcore is a completely different character in the comics. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even know that she was in the comics. Is yeah, she from she, Checkmate she or something? From, she comes from the Rob Williams Suicide Squadron. Oh, interesting. interesting. Um, and Economos, obviously, is from, is from a Stranger Suicide Squad. And, again, is our arguably the closest character yes arguably yeah that's right but even so it's basically a brand new character yeah yeah for sure um and i yeah it was funny because someone's like yeah so you know what what peacemaker comics really like the show <laughs> <laughs> exactly 
exactly. Not a single one. And people were And, and I mean, someone was like and someone was like, Yeah, but you know, there's gotta be some great vigilante comics. And I was like, not not if you like the one in the show. Yeah. No, exactly. Which is amazing to me. Like part of me and like I'm kind of stunned that they did the Garth Ennis Peacemaker comic. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. And then they didn't keep it in line with the tone of the show either. It's apparently war Garth Ennis, you know, not wacky Garth Ennis. And I, I mean, like, Garth Ennis is going to Garth Ennis. I say this as someone who got Marjorie Finnegan time criminal in, in the mail the other week. Oh, interesting. Huh. And that's Garth Ennis, apparently. That's, that's very Garth Ennis. It's no, but is it, it's wacky Garth Ennis, right? Yes, so it is. It's, it's, yeah, it's, so. it's 100% wacky Garth Ennis. Yeah. Um, but no, Gar- Gar- yeah, again, Garth Ennis is going to Garth Ennis. You'd think Garth Ennis is going to zig and he's going to zag. He only has zig and zag because it's two directions. Well, that's it. Exactly. There's, but, there's, but there's... Whatever you think he's going to do one, he will do the other. Garth, zag, and uh, zig Ennis, which is great because one sounds like a dark Jedi and the other sounds like a surfer from a 70s sex comedy. So I think it's kind of a win-win <laughs> all the way around, right? Garth, um, Garth zag. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, it's funny that, like, I, I've, yeah, sorry, getting, getting back to the show. Yes. It's funny that, like, I think I think it's a great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is a show that, in a weird way, almost sort of gets to the, the fun of comics in a way that so many things that are more closely tied to their comics incarnation just can't even imagine doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That like there there really is some level of just fuck it will go weird all the way through the Peacemaker show. Oh, very much so. Very much so. You know? I, yeah. I and all but also consistently committing to the bit. That it doesn't play it I mean, for ev- all that it plays things for laughs, mm-hmm. it doesn't play as concepts for laughs. No, no. I think I think that is part of the thing that really um much like uh, Guns, the Suicide Squad, um, which I loved a great deal, um, it it is like you said, it's very committed to the bit and a lot of the comedic shtick. A lot of the comedic stuff is um, comedic in in a different way. Like you said, it's very it's very loopy. It might take things from situations or it really, I mean, he loves going in dumb directions. So in that sense, he really loves having dumb characters because that, and that is something that I think is, what I think is really interesting about Gunn is how much he, um, he really I want to say manages to sort of improve on the Marvel template because the Marvel template is is such a template. You know what I mean? Like the Marvel stuff is has a certain degree of, I don't know, levity to it, but only the certain amount allowed by the formula, I guess. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I, and it, it's in its own way like very po-faced. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Like it's very humorless, but it's humor. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and I think Gunn really manages. He to me 
kind of really makes the best case in a way for the DC universe being an alternative by just the idea that it's can be so much more, uh, for lack of a better term, extreme, I guess, you know, even if that's extreme, again, committed to the bit, extremely goofy. It is not mm-hmm. worried about you having to, um, quote unquote, take it seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's going to take it absolutely as seriously enough as he did. And that it reminds me of, you know, when the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out and that he really had had to kind of fight to keep the amount of humor and irreverence and 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 craziness in it and that you know marvel had started off with be kind of like with edgar wright's ant-man being like yeah this is great and then as it was going on then being like oh fuck what are you doing no don't do it don't 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 and then of course afterwards they were like oh yeah see it all worked out just like we were supposed to let's never do that again unless you know guns involved it's okay he can he can pull it off none of you get any other fucking bright ideas you know <laughs> And, and so I think that that actually works. I find it fascinating that I feel that Peacemaker, the TV show feels like gun suicide squad and sort of in a way, like, I feel like he's, he's got this ongoing thing about people who find or make their family, um, through their shitty job and transcend their previously really shitty family. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that goes from being like a kind of subtext in, in the first guardians movie to very deliberate text in the second film. But I definitely feel like the suicide squad and peacemaker really has a lot to do with being able to change by being exposed to other people around you and learning yeah, how to better care people about as them. well. Yeah, better or I mean, you know, that is the, yeah, better uh, for peacemaker at least. I think that's that's like explicitly the, the... Yes, yeah, okay. explicitly better people. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um so. I it's funny. I you have not watched Doom Patrol the TV show, right? I have not still, but and you haven't watched yet. the Aquaman cartoon that's in HBO Max, right? No, no, I didn't realize okay. that it hit. Yeah, there's a three episode Aquaman cartoon called Aquaman. I think it's called Aquaman King of Atlantis, mm-hmm. and it's produced by James Wan, who did the movies, right? Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And it's wacky as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like I cannot oversell how absolutely wacky it is. <laughs> It's it's a joy, mm-hmm. but it's a strange like uh, the idea. Put this way, the idea actually came from the same guy who did the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, only makes sense because they had the fucking uh, octopus playing drums. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Imagine if they made a cartoon that kind of looked like uh, like Adventure Time. And was all the octopus on drums part of the film? Wow. And that's the Aquaman cartoon in HBO Max. Holy shit. Wow, that sounds amazing. Oh, it is. It's genuinely great. 
But what I was going to say is between that and uh, and the Doom Patrol show and two and uh, Peacemaker, and honestly the Harley Quinn cartoon as well. Mm-hmm. Like DC has some genuinely amazing shit. Yeah, that they're making right now. Yeah, that is. Uh, all the better for taking the spirit of the comics and just n- fucking off with everything else. Mm-hmm. 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 Like, l- and for that matter, not taking the spirit of the actual comics. Right. You know, because the Aquaman cartoon is not like an Aquaman comic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, at best, it's like something, you know, Jim Aparo drew in a drug case in, like, 1967. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh-huh. What was his name? Steve Skeens? I was going to say Steve Skeets, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Steve Skeets, yeah. It's something Steve Skeets wrote on like a bender. Yeah, right. Um, But like Doom Patrol is is, uh, very much for the first season and for part of the second, like basically the Morrison run made flesh. Mm -hmm. And made flesh in such ways that it, I would say, is better than the Morrison run. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they take some of the concepts less glibly mm-hmm. and they take others to extremes that the, the comic never did. Mm. Right. Um, and in both cases for much to the benefit of the show, right. Much to the, benefit of the show. The third season is very much its own thing. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it makes it even better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The third season, uh, is, feels like the people who made the show are feeling very confident in the show as opposed to trying to live up to comic fans expectations of the show. Right. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a fucking joy. They they do things there that are very much nods to people who know the comics, mm-hmm. uh, but are also very much just like fuck yous to people who want to be beholden to that. Like mm. they do uh, Mala and the brain. Right. Are, let's say recurring antagonists in the third season. And they do a spin on the Morrison story where they steal robot man's body. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But what they do with it mm-hmm. <laughs> and the spin they take on it mm-hmm. could not be less interested in repeating what Morrison did as much as going, Oh, I get why the character did that. Mm hmm. But what if the character actually felt this hmm. and just went off mm-hmm. uh, to the joy of, and this this sort of exemplifies a moment of sheer pleasure from the most recent uh, episode, season of, of Doom Patrol. Uh, spoilers, but not really spoilers for the reason the plot goes in. Brain steals Rowan's body. Mm-hmm. And uh, then performs a rendition of the song Sean's Elysee. <laughs> and you get the entire song as he, <laughs> as he dances through his retirement village <laughs> and flir- flirts with old woman. Wow. Yeah. Because that's the show it is. <laughs> because that's what, that's what they want to do. <laughs> right. right. And right. like Cliff kind of gets his body back mm-hmm. but it's closer to Cliff gets a body back mm. huh. <laughs> you know and it's uh, um, one of the things the show commits to in a way that the comic never does in in Morrison's comic Cliff is like 
a decent guy. Right. And surrounded by weirdos. Mm-hmm. The joy of the show is that Cliff's an asshole. And he's mm. a relatively unrepentant asshole. He's not a bad guy, but he's an asshole. Mm. And mm. given the choice between, like, uh, keeping up his grudge against the chief mm-hmm. or doing the right thing, he's going to keep his grudge up. Huh. That's interesting. Which makes him a a joy. It makes him a very funny character. Mm -hmm. Because he's also aware that he can't do anything. He's also aware that he's a robot. He's a brain in a robot body. So he just just gets upset and mad a lot. Huh. Uh, But like, so in the third season again, um, they basically bring in the idea that like, there's something wrong with his brain. Because of course there's something wrong with his brain. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe he's going, maybe he's going senile. Hmm. And so what he does is he basically buys like shitty cheap pills off the internet and gets addicted to internet gambling and cam girls. <laughs> <laughs> because again, that's 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 the show that it is. Right. Right. Well, which sounds you know like a pretty significant departure, right? Yeah, exactly. Because because they're. Uh, in, in much in the same way that Peacemaker, the show, is um, a, in many ways about found family. Doom Patrol is in many ways about found family, but it's also about the idea that you can be... You can, you're allowed to be shit, for want of a better way of putting it. Hmm. You're allowed to be flawed. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a person. Mm-hmm. And that you've got to accept your own flaws and just fucking grow up and deal with it. Mm. Uh, and so no one like people have character arcs 100 percent, mm-hmm. but no one resolves their trauma no one gets that because no one actually really gets to do that in real life right they get over it but then every now and again something will happen and they'll get fucked up again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know or they'll really try and do something better the, the rita's arc in the entire third season is basically like okay i've been really self-pitying for years I'm going to be a superhero now. This is what I'm going to do. And she just fucks it up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's to do with how she fucks it up and what happens to her when it goes wrong. Hmm. Because it's, again, it's, it's, it, it is denying the idea of, and then you're a superhero. You have right. trauma, and then you heal, and then you're a superhero. Right, right. Like, Cyborg's entire arc is the opposite of that. He thinks he's a superhero, and it's basically three years of people being like no you are you're a kid who got really fucked up and your mother died mm-hmm. and why do you think that makes you a superhero mm-hmm. why do you think that makes you like anything other than someone who is not okay with talking about how upset they are mm. and so it's it's you know it's uh very true to the spirit of not only Morrison's Doom Patrol, but Doom Patrol in general, right? Like, you know, it's right. what the way thing was very close to that. The um, the yeah. original Doom Patrol is very close to that. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. its own beast, right? The mm-hmm. Ackerman show is its own beast. Uh, the Harley Quinn show is, like, just fun. Right. The Harley yeah. Quinn show is, 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 is a joy. It's really funny. Uh, yeah. And then Peacemaker was just fucking great. Mm. <laughs> and... and, and I think landed the end really well. Yeah. Like, do you agree? Because I feel like I've done all the talking here. Like, did you like the last episode? Oh, you know, I really enjoyed the whole experience. I 
kind of feel for myself that, and this sometimes happens, but I, I kind of feel like the a lot of the stuff that really landed for me that felt like the emotional climax for the most part happened in the penultimate episode. Like one of the things that is, is uh, kind of interesting about Peacemaker is that the show uh, chases down two storylines at the same time. And I mean, they're interrelated because they're both tied to Peacemaker, but mm -hmm. there's the butterfly invasion. And then there is the shit with his dad. And mm -hmm. so the shit with his dad wraps up in the penultimate episode, you know, minus Ish. a hell of a, yeah, minus a hell of a gut punch in, or two in, in the last episode. But, uh, but the final episode is by and large about the butterfly invasion resolving and that uh, it was it was fine. There were parts of it that I liked, and there were other parts I was kind of like, eh. I mean, so yes, I enjoyed it. I thought the last episode was, in a weird way, kind of a bit of a come down. But maybe in that weird sort of the way everything structurally set. But that being said, there was there was there was a lot that I liked throughout, and I honestly again think that. Um, a lot of just really good, good performances. Like it's kind of crazy to me how many good performances James Gunn has gotten out of wrestlers turned actors. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> not, not to say that there aren't very good actors who were once wrestlers. Sure, I sure, just, sure. I'm very John, surprised. John Cena was John Cena was honestly a surprise for me. Yeah. In the show. Yeah, exactly. Like, Cause he, he gets some surprisingly tough material. Yeah, he really does. He has a lot of a lot of needles to thread and I thought that he did that stuff super well, super super well. So, in fact, the stuff that I think what would have been, you know, walking into it that I thought would have been like, "Oh, this is going to be a, an easy grand slam for him." I'm kind of like, "Meh. Eh, it's all right." But yeah, his his hit him playing a fucked up character trying to resolve his trauma or, or rather sort of thanks to what happened in the suicide squad movie, sort of being pushed into confronting um, who he actually is, as opposed to who he keeps insisting that he is, uh, mm. was, was really, really well done so yeah i i mean i liked it i ended up liking so many of the characters which i remember seeing like some excerpt from an early episode which was i think the scene where they all meet in the restaurant for the first time and they're all making fun of him for naming eagly eagly and i was like i remember seeing that excerpt out of context and being like wow i'm gonna really kind of hate this show i can tell and and i'm so glad that i was wrong I really did end up enjoying it a lot. So, um, but I was also very eager, like the first three episodes, I think I had seen and you had yet to watch it. And I was like, fuck, I really want to know what Graham and Chloe thought of this. I'm really, oh, yeah, I know, no, it's like, I, we did, we did not jump onto it for a while. And then yeah. we went through, I think five episodes in, in essentially like one sitting. And then we're right. like, Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really fuck. Yeah. 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 No, it, yeah, I I really liked it. I really really enjoyed it. 
Oh, good. Um, you know, I did want to, uh, I, I was curious. I'm like, man, I don't want to run out the clock on the stuff that are, that on, on just talking about actual comics that we've read, but okay. Talk super about curious. That we've read thing. Before, we, like, before we we're do breaking this in for two hours, two minutes. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> what did you think <laughs> of Grand Morrison's <laughs> Substack annotations that hit? this week for the most part oh i was i was actually gonna ask you about that um i have really been enjoying morrison's substack annotations uh i there's nothing that's surprising but i've been very much enjoying it you know yes i i I, I agree feel i feel saying anything else one of the things that was funny is i saw lots of people sort of losing their mind about the phrase mimetic colonialism Mm. on wednesday like Mm -hmm. social media i'm i'm I just it felt really weird because mm-hmm. part of me was like, have you never read Morrison writing about the work before? Mm-hmm. And also, have you forgotten that Morrison's sixty-two years old? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the idea that that people are like, well, that's really insensitive. It's like he's like, oh, you know, people were there's... insensitive. Were thought that mimetic colonialism was insensitive. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Why? I saw people calling it phrase mimetic colonialism as being insensitive because colonialism. So... Jeff, I was about to say. Uh, so, I mean, and, and and like it's one of those things where it's like, okay, but like Morrison's again, Morrison's sixty-two years old and white and from Scotland. Well, but I mean, more than <laughs> like, that, I'm like, they think that he's being insensitive to colonialists. Like, I mean, no, no, it, uh, no, no. Uh, they think that the idea of using the word colonial is in itself insensitive because of the impact of colonialism. But that's his point. First of all, they are not his. Secondly, oh, and I say I say shit. that I say that because I keep making that mistake as right, well. Right, right, yeah. Um, and secondly, <laughs> yes, but that doesn't matter for one of a better way of putting it. Well, I'm just I'm I guess what I'm saying like is I, I this... but that like it's that that's that's kind of my take as well. Right, right, right. like. Yeah. I think I think people who are upset about it are perhaps misunderstanding what Morrison was saying. Uh, but also, mimetic colonialism is actually a really good description of what they're trying to say. Right, exactly. What talking about. I mean, that's like, the, I, like I, I'm that, losing it's a, my it's mind. It's a literal description, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, these people are in for a shock when they start reading about how the, the person who actually coined the term memes was using it to discuss things like the spread of Nazism. You know what I mean? Like, there's... You can't say that that is... Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so that's my thing. Sorry, I just... Um, I'm, I'm, no, but I'm it's, honestly, the most, the, most I, the most I can say about it is, like, I'm enjoying it, and it made me read Super Gods again. Mm, okay, great. I think that you hit... Part of why I wanted to ask was because you were kind of like, ooh, like, more of Super Gods? Yes, please. I um I think Superman and the Authority I it, enjoyed the annotation so far I'm very glad that I'm getting them is is part of the free package which is great I uh that there's a certain amount of um kind of recycling because um Morrison gave a really great interview to think maybe comic book CBR. resources yeah, yeah that yeah that that covered a lot of this material and i i thought was a wonderful read back then so 
so so far it's mostly been a little bit of um you know leftovers but i'm but i'm i'm still enjoying the leftovers so uh okay so yeah that's me um that's morrison that's me misgendering morrison god bless that that is so hard uh and now i and now a word from our sponsors listeners do you read comic books um do you read uh, them digitally did you read read them comics all jay now you hate it yes let me tell you about mcmillanology a new app coming soon from Graham McMillan that will allow you to read the comics that you have purchased already for free due to a publisher matching agreement that allows McMinology to give you access to the same books without having to repurchase them. Oh, Jeff, quickly, yes. just remind me, you know what I have discovered as part of this um, comicsology upgrade thing? I've got the... Um, I've got purchases that are no longer available available to me again. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, um, publishers who have had licenses for certain things and then licenses went away. Mm. Like, they're back in my app. And also, some of the Gerard Jones written Green Lanterns are back. Wow. Wow, that's wacky. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. There, um, there you go. Anyway, uh, Jeff, tell me about comics you've read. Like, like you've been talking about it for two hours now almost. <laughs> tell me about the comics you've read. Stop, <laughs> well, stop teaching shit or get off the pot. Indeed I shall. Indeed I shall. Let me tell you, Graham, uh, there's a few things that I would like to talk about, and one of them is Savage She-Hulk Masterworks Volume 1. Um, I uh, have read... Which came about from me reading Manwolf, the Complete Collection, because Manwolf, the Complete Collection, is Manwolf, and so, of course, I was going to read it because I love the early... the, the Creatures on the Loose... Um, series by subject of the podcast, George Perez, uh, an early series for him and written by David Anthony Kraft. And then the amazing star God issues that came in. Um, I did not realize that post the star God issues, uh, Kraft was the writer for Savage She-Hulk and brought back star God and man wolf in order to, um, basically resolve where they left last left Manwolf, which is to say after Perez and Kraft more or less going to great lengths to recreate the character in a really fun, crazy, over-the-top, yes, now he's an interdimensional psychic barbarian kind of way. Marv Wolfman was like, nah-uh, he's George, J. Jonah Jameson's son, and now he's dead. <laughs> losers so of course craft comes back in the savage she-hulk with art by mike vosberg again after he apparently broke both his hands uh and did a two issue um like hey let's wrap this up and i was like oh david anthony craft i didn't realize that he wrote she-hulk he wrote she-hulk like from the first for issue. most of it right yeah exactly and i was like oh. like didn't stan lee write the first issue and then like it's anthony craft for like the remainder of the series uh apparently so so i was like well shit i bought these i might as well start reading them and there's a few interesting things that i did not realize one is i thought david anthony craft had 
died a couple of years ago, and I don't know if that's just because of the time warp that we're in, but I was shocked when I opened up uh, Savage She-Hulk uh, Masterworks, and he ha he was writing the intro, which is fabulous. I'm like, oh, he wrote this when he was still alive, and it was from 2017. I was like, he was still alive in 2017? He actually died in <laughs> March. He died less than a year ago of COVID, which I did not realize. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, right? Which is, again, just kind of a, oh, fuck. So, yes, David Anthony Kraft, RIP, less than a year ago, a motherfucking COVID. The other thing that is um, a million times more trivial, but perhaps of interest, is um, David Anthony Kraft, in the introduction to Savage She-Hulk, writes about how Savage She-Hulk was introduced as a character because the Incredible Hulk TV show, which was running on the air at the time, um, Stanley apparently, after spending a lot of time, you know, in his previous uh, years as Marvel editor, sort of teasing DC for having all these various lame spin-off characters was in fact like oh fuck we've got to create our own she-hulk character because if the tv show creates the she-hulk character then they could have the rights to her so we have to create her first and so the she-hulk was very much according to Kraft, a title thrown together to more or less nail down the rights and not worry about the character being developed independently and losing rights situation in that case, which Kraft himself openly kind of hated, but he sort of liked the idea that it, more or less he was like, I volunteered to take on the character and make the She-Hulk an actual character because she's not really anything in the first issue of Savage She-Hulk. And one of the things that is amazing, and here is, once again, as if we didn't get enough of Jeff's conspiracy theory paranoia, which is, I don't know, maybe arguably part of the draw of the show. I mean, I don't know. We're a podcast, so it's only a matter of time before I start trying to sell silver alkaloid or whatever the fuck all those conspiracy theory loons try to profit off of. Uh, is the first issue of She-Hulk is written by Stanley, drawn by just John Basima. Is I'm kind of convinced Stanley writing an episode of the Hulk TV show to debut the character. Like everything is set up so that this can be adapted from uh, to a TV show uh, as easily as possible. Like the opening has. Bruce Banner on the run, uh, a la the TV show. And in fact, this is great. I My apologies if you read this recently and therefore is totally at your fingertips. But the very first panel of The She-Hulk Lives is Bruce Banner walking up the stairs to see his, you know, surprise cousin, Jennifer Walters. And the caption, first caption says, call him David or Bruce or Bob. What does it matter? The important thing is until today, the tormented Dr. Banner was unlike any other human on earth till today. And then through the rest of the episode, her, his cousin, Jennifer Walters refers to him as doc. 
Like, she literally does not call him by his name. And the rest of the episode, apart from having the traditional Marvel Origins issue of of Marvel Origin retelling of the Hulk, complete with Rick Jones and the Gamma Bomb and all the rest of it, the rest of it is so like an episode of the Hulk, complete with, you know... Bruce Banner fighting off gangsters with a water hose and having to give his blood transfusion to Jennifer Walters and then hulking out like quote unquote off camera. And it's it. So what's amazing is, is that you get the opening by Dave Kraft where it's like, yeah, we really had to rush this thing to the stands because we were afraid you know, that they were going to develop a She-Hulk character on the TV show and we wouldn't own the rights. And reading it, and it, reading, with the exception of one page that you could drop out, reading like Stanley writing an episode of the Hulk TV show that was going to be like, eh? Eh? And then we introduce the She-Hulk, right? So, from there, Dave Kraft goes on to do a lot of stuff, and I'm not necessarily sure that it's stuff that I like, to be honest. Like, I'm like... <laughs> I really liked Dave Kraft's like crazy wacky stuff here, but um, I had to stop reading his introduction because it was basically him doing what writers often do at the Marvel Masterworks intro, which is walk you through each of their episodes and saying what they were thinking. But um, basically Dave Kraft's whole thing of like, yeah, you know, Stan mentioned all these characters but he didn't introduce any of them. And so I have to build a supporting cast of characters. I have to take this, you know, she's an attorney. She's defending a, a basically a mobster, but a mobster that's innocent of the crime that's being framed by another mobster. And David Anthony Kraft is like, I'm going to tell a story of two mobsters who hate each other and the She-Hulk that's caught in the middle and... The next door neighbor who loves her, who's a medical student, whose name is Zapper. And then I'm, you know, and it's, it's just, it's. What have you got against Zapper, Jeff? I got to tell you, Zapper is. You're like, after reading this book, I got a lot against Zapper. I have a lot against Zapper. I really do. And part of it is, is that Zapper is, um, uh, I. I'll just have to put pictures up in the show notes. Let's just say that Zapper, and I i mean this, looks as if, oh, Sal, no. as if Sal Basima tried to draw a Dan Klaus character. Um, uh, is I, I think, mean, that just sounds great. I will post the photos. The, the idea that Zapper has a name like Zapper is apparently supposed to be sort of Jennifer Walters' true love um, and is drawn as... <sighs> anyway, it's a, it, 70s Marvel comics are usually hot messes. Sometimes they're great hot messes and sometimes they are just pretty crap and this so far i've only made it up to i think i'm on issue seven and it is a it's really bad and the other thing that throws me off is is that it's really bad in a way that with the dave craft is not saying like 
you know, back when I thought that it would be a good idea that Jennifer Walters fought a gangster in L.A., and of course, like all L.A. gangsters, he controls an enormous mechanical serpent worm that is able to burrow and crush things, and that really allows me to show the kind of trauma that everyone's going through. Is You're kind of like, no, this 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 is this is like at best you were you were high and writing 11 other books but this is not <laughs> now I, I i've got to tell you jeff i read this stuff when it was in the essentials book mm-hmm. which i've just checked apparently came out in 2006 mm-hmm. which kind of tracks because mm-hmm. i'm fairly sure i still live in san francisco when i read it mm-hmm. um and i don't want to ruin it for you but I am also fairly convinced that it doesn't get any better. Oh, and in I, fact, it yeah. only gets worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I seem to remember thinking to myself that the first issue was the best it got, which, right, you know, is saying something. Yes. No. Absolutely. the The first issue is kind of terrible, but it's terrible in a. It's Stanley and John Basima drawing Stanley's incredible. It's, whole it's terrible page. in like a yeah. It's terrible in a sort of. You know what you're getting, me. Yeah, exactly. It's like they're going to get I, it. And they're going to deliver remember, it. Mm-hmm. As soon as remember, it gets it gets worse. And also, I once I read this, and I read this uh, 1970s Spider Woman comic at the same time, mm-hmm. or in very quick succession, and right. was just stunned at like how both of them seemed like shoddy parodies of Marvel comics. Right. Right. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, I haven't I haven't dug into the Spider Woman stuff, but. Um, you know, it's kind of funny because I had read, I don't know, I want to say like 20 or 30 issues of the original Ms. Marvel run. And um, that's got, that's, that, I didn't think that that was especially good, but it was Claremont and other people. And they at least kind of felt like they really believed in the characters. I, I really am having a weird career reappraisal for David Anthony Kraft and and not in a good way. You know what I mean? Where I was like, oh, huh, maybe all that stuff that I really liked about his Defenders where I'm like, oh, yeah, it just didn't come together because of deadlines or whatever is like, nah, he was maybe he was a very, very sloppy, not good storyteller. It's funny because there's a weird contrast to him. Um, I've also been reading because I've been torturing myself, but very slowly, uh, the Ghost Rider Masterworks Volume 2, which I know that I talked about on our previous I, episode. You, ha- you have, yes. Yeah. And what is amazing about that is and with all due respect to him there's a scene um with Johnny Blaze on a date with his girlfriend in San Francisco before the demon menace hits and i've never and i mean ever gotten such a heavily heavy vibe of oh, this comic book writer has never talked to a girl before as much as I did in that one panel of... Like, Tony Isabella is actually pretty, to me, like one of those guys who sort of kind of got the shaft in that he's rarely remembered... I mean, he's remembered, 
he's always remembered thanks to Tony Isabella being Tony Isabella, but I don't know if he's necessarily remembered exceptionally fondly. It's kind of like, Oh yeah, Tony Isabella, he exists, you know? And I'm like, ah, Tony Isabella, I kind of like his, you know, I mean, he's Jesus stuff and all the stuff that he did in daredevil where he worked at such great lengths to, to map out like the complete hierarchy of Hydra and all of shields foes and how they interrelated and, and and reading him here, I'm like, oh, he's he's really kind of a comic book writer, like a like he's like a comic book fan that may not have had a lot of extensive life experience by the time he started writing comic books. Like, and particularly in that panel, I was like, hmm. So anyway, for all those people who thought that I had slandered Ike Perlmutter, um let me just say that I'm an even-handed uh, slanderer and say that it's clear that by the time that uh, Ghost Rider 8 was published, Tony Isabella had never kissed a girl. The end. Um, there's other stuff I want to talk about, but it's all a lot of manga. And sadly, very little of it is slanderous. So I think I might try and save it for the my four manga. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I I think you should. Because I think leaving it with that Tony Isabella thing (laughs) is amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, So I know we're, I didn't mean to run out the clock. Oh, shit. I did. Like, we're probably going to have to wrap this up. I, but Grant, yeah, you know, you, you you totally ran out the clock. I was trying to get you not to run out the clock, and you were like, "Fuck it, no, I'm running out the clock." Which, honestly, there's a commitment there that I really appreciate. I wanted to talk about these comics, Graham. I read these comics. I've been wanting to talk about them. They're a comic book podcast. You can talk about your <laughs> comics. Go ahead, talk about them. Do it. You're not going to because you're like, "Ooh, family," and blah blah blah. And I'm like, "So now I'm the bad guy." <laughs> He Honestly, says not was, at all defensively. I was, laughing, I was laughing too much to respond. But I'm really glad I didn't say anything now. It's <laughs> even better. Oh, I apologize, Graham. I really do. That Man, that was I'm a terrible podcast co host. That really. that was amazing. That was that was a beautiful thing <laughs> that I think everyone can agree with. <laughs> Uh, I really am going to start wrapping up now. I, I, okay. I hate to tell you. Um, yeah. We're going to be doing another Wait What in two weeks. That's right. But apparently next week uh, we're doing – Jeff's going to try and confound me yes. by telling me – See, what I love about this game is that you think you're confounding me with like which manga is real or not. And I also think you're just revealing how absolutely fucking weird some of the things you read are. Well, and so and so – we knew the second part, so I really want to gamify that. But then the thing that is insane is, uh, as much as I thought that that would be a fun game, I forgot that my family curse is that I'm descended from ridiculously hyper-competitive people, and I get absurdly <laughs> annoyed when you're I, when I, you when you get it right, which you always have, and. I'll, okay, I'll, okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna get it right next time. There you go. Dumb. Oh, oh, Graham, that's that's so much worse. That is so much worse. Yes, <laughs> yes. Just never mind. I was gonna make a joke about how your competitiveness never comes out in this podcast normally. <laughs> 
Oh, God. Oh, God. See, you should stick with that because that devastated me. The other one just frustrated me. That's just, that's so cruel. Listeners, if you want to know which one of us will not be sleeping tonight, it's me. I mean, it probably was Graham, too, because of the fact that family are visiting and he's probably going to have cats fighting on top of his head again. But it's also going to be me now, too. Maybe maybe next time when we're doing the, the Patriot thing, I will tell everyone about the night I couldn't sleep because cats were literally fighting on top of me. <laughs> it's such a good story. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That and then the the chaser of the, the person storming into your room. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Good. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that's Patreon people. <laughs> uh, next week, you're, you're going to get uh, two rounds of Is Jeff a pervert or has he made this up which I mean, <laughs> let's face it might not like might he might still be a pervert that's you know i that's it's not really competition as such uh but you'll also get a story about the night that i didn't really sleep but then when i did sleep i was woken up in like the strangest manner yeah there we go leave it at that, that. that's what you're paying that's what you're paying your money for yep. that's what you're paying Absolutely. your money for one um anyway there'll be a regular episode in is it two, two weeks? weeks? I should actually check the calendar. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Because I know I know we're not doing a recording next week, but are we doing a recording the week after? I think so. Apparently we are. Stuff yeah. Going on. yeah. No, mm-hmm. apparently we are. Um, okay, so yeah, two weeks. Two weeks you're gonna, before you get another way blood. Um, and otherwise, there's going to be show notes of this episode up on com by the time you listen to this, because Jeff is one organized mofo. Uh, we have a Twitter account at, uh, I was going to say at twitter.com. <laughs> That's where I am. At Wait What Podcast, Jeff has a Twitter account at Lacey Bassett at L A Z Y B A S T I T. And I am at Graham M at G R A E M E M. And we're a Patreon supporter podcast, which means Jeff can talk right now. Yes. Everyone, I'm going to keep it very short. You are awesome. I'm apparently terrible. That's apparently not news to everyone except me. But I, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be thinking about it for a while, and maybe if I'm lucky, James Gunn will do an eight-episode TV show slash redemption arc for me, where I come to terms with my own assholeness and actually learn to be a better person, or how important it is to actually care about other people. Uh, who knows? All I know is I'm not sleeping tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for. Uh, supporting us. Thank you for everyone who commiserated with me with the Comixology podcast and made a point to t- uh, podcast Comixology uh, shit show. <laughs> it's funny; those are the two words that I manage to interchange all the time. Uh, and uh, <laughs> um, I really appreciated that. That actually made me feel not so alone uh, in in a in in a way in a during a week that was really tough because of that. Largely, I should say. Um, I also really want to thank uh, all of the listeners uh, and the people at Patreon who, in addition to listening and supporting us uh, with their ears and their time also throwing a little bit of hard-earned dosh to seal the deal. It means a ton, has been fabulous, and I cannot wait uh, for that next Patreon check because I'm going to buy the shit out of the 2000 AD Humble Bundle, which you should look into and pick up because it is fabulous. You should also, speaking of fabulous things, if you have not already 
go to getreview.co slash profile slash comics FYI. That's all one term. C-O-M-I-C-S F-Y-I and sign up for Graham's newsletter. It is goddamn good and it would be great if uh, it got enough support and love that he could continue to deliver some really uh, top-notch uh, comics journalism um, and in a way that would allow him to somehow justify all the hours that he is currently spending doing it. want to give a special shout-out to Empress Audrey, Queen of the Galaxy, for her continuing support of this podcast and the Galaxy. My understanding is there's a couple of terrifying um extinction level events that should have already happened i don't know if you guys know this but apparently it's very very easy for um a a a meteor to strike the earth and really fuck it up because of the speeds at which it travels it doesn't even really have to be um big but this would be the subject of another podcast episode when I can sell you some silver alkaloid or whatever the fuck that stuff is called. I wish alkaloid <laughs> silver. I don't know. All, all I all I know is clearly I'm a nut. Stay weird, America. Graham. Uh, first of all, that was very nice of you to mention my newsletter. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit reclamped to be a little bit guilty about giving you shit. <laughs> Only a little bit. Um, secondly, I almost googled the silver alkaloid thing and then realized I don't want that fucking on my Google search no, history. Definitely not. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That'll put you in a world of hurt, my friend. Um, yeah, that, that's that's not that's not going to be good at all. Um yeah. yeah, we're gonna be back in two weeks. Uh except we're kind of back next week, but not really. All I'm saying is keep your feet on and we'll reappear when we reappear. Like magic, like magicians, like doves out of a sleeve. Um, bye!